The True Crime Click is a podcast intended for mature audiences only. This podcast discusses sensitive topics, including sexual abuse, murder, and kidnapping. Listener's discretion is advised. The opinions expressed in the following episode do not necessarily reflect the views of the True Crime Click, its members, or its hosts. All accused are innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. And we're back. We're back. With a true crime click episode 10? Nine. Nine. Shit. We just talked we about this. We literally just did. We've got to get our shit together. <laughs> uh, if you don't know us, I'm Hannah. And I'm Allie. And together we are the true crime click. Uh, we come together every Thursday and bring you a true crime episode that you've probably never heard of. Most likely not. This one... You might have. This one that we're talking about this week, you may have. Close to us? Um, it's in Atlanta. Alrighty. So, um, we kind of have to go back a little bit before we even get started. Um, mm-hmm. But when we were growing up, we were taught very little about, like, the actual civil rights movement. You know what I mean? Like, we, they kind of touched on the high points. The same key players, Rosa Parks, Martin Luther King. Yeah. Um, but for me, the majority of lessons that I had were, were only in the month of February one mm-hmm. and do they not do black history anymore? Cause I took black history, not like as its own class. No, not in high school or no, like I did grade school. Yeah, we didn't. No, I did because I remember it very, it was like one of my favorite yeah. histories. Well, I've always loved learning about like, like the civil rights movement, in February, it always falls. I mean, my birthday's in February, so I kind of, I guess I like mentally equate the two. <laughs> yeah. So you had that too, Jared? I'm not crazy, am I? Okay, I thought so. I thought yeah, I, I didn't. Thought I, Did you, pretty... have a, you didn't have it at Ashford. Yeah. I had it in Dothan. There's no way. Yeah, I for sure. I would have definitely taken that. It, it may not have just been. I don't know, though, because I was in, you know, I went to school in Montgomery and in like Dothan City. So. Oh, yeah, no. I like could in, have had it one of those, but I don't remember exactly where I was. Yeah, when um, at my school <coughs> they me. didn't offer that, and it may be just because it's so small. So I don't know. Um, but we only learned about, like I said, Rosa Parks, mm-hmm. Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, like those those key players. Mm-hmm. And somehow the civil rights movement kind of like got lumped together with all of Black history. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like I distinctly remember learning about Martin Luther King the same week we learned about George Washington Carver. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's fit you, it into all this You know what I'm saying? Past. Like, it's very... Let's fit it into a month. That's, like, the main goal. Doesn't get the... But the only time we ever learned about anything very extensively was Rosa Parks when I was in the fifth grade. And I mm-hmm. remember this like it was yesterday because she had just passed away in, like, October of the year before, in 2005. Mm-hmm. And so, in the fifth grade, it was, like, very fresh, you know, and when February rolled around and we learned all about Rosa Parks and her life. Um, now, in my mind, when I think of the civil rights movement... I think of Montgomery because of the bus boycotts with um, Rosa Parks. And then I think of Selma and Washington, D.C. Those are like the key, those are the key cities, mm-hmm. you know, that I think of um, as far as the civil rights movement. I mean, it wasn't until I started researching for this case that I learned that Atlanta was actually, or is actually called the cradle of the civil rights movement and Mm -hmm. for really good reason um, from 1940 to 1970 the city became the epicenter for the movement 
as black leaders fought for voting rights, access to public facilities and institutions, and economic and educational opportunities for African-Americans. Nice. I know. I thought it was really cool. A strong infrastructure created by the organizations and businesses of Sweet Auburn Avenue, combined with the city's historically black colleges and universities, helped establish positive change during the 1950s and 1960s. Yeah, I believe that's where um, the big, like, steel Martin Luther King uh, statue kind of monument thing is off of Auburn Avenue there. Is it? I believe so. I'm looking to producer Jared for our brain. It's kind of um, I, close I thought that to was in Selma. No, there's one in Atlanta. Um, it's close to the old Brave Stadium, I believe. Gotcha. Don't and don't they, kill me, my Atlantaians, AT aliens. Um, because it's been a while since I've lived there, but I'm pretty it, sure I that's where that, it is. That's where the the museum for human and civil rights is the national mm-hmm. museum is there, or there is a national museum there. Um, but I just had no idea. I had no idea about that. Um, but let's see, even though all this positive change following the movement, even with all the positive change following the movement, life still was not easy for African-Americans in the inner city of Atlanta, even in the 1970s and 1980s. Neighborhoods were poor, overpopulated, poorly maintained, and mostly income-based. So there were, there were like low income developments and that was actually by design uh, whenever they made the housing projects there on the south side of Atlanta mm-hmm. in the inner city. It was designed in the 40s and 50s to keep them there. You know what I mean? Um, by the trash cans in politics mm-hmm. at that time. So it was designed to keep African-Americans in one small area of the city. Jokes on them. Yeah. look how we blew up (laughs) we (laughs) yeah i'm going back i'm coming back guys so like i said the neighborhoods were very poor and in 1978 in the housing project of carver homes in south atlanta um, life was tough in the best of circumstances there was crime everywhere and even in the best circumstance even in the best of circumstances it wasn't a safe area Mm -hmm. in the first place um but Donna Thompson didn't have the best of circumstances. Before her 16th birthday, she had been sexually assaulted, physically abused, Mm. homeless, overcame an addiction, and had a baby all before she could drive a car. Woof. Oh, my Lord. She had a little girl, and her name was Ramonda. And Donna was dating... 24 or excuse me 20 year old Raymond Green in 1978 when she discovered that she was actually pregnant with baby number two just don't know when to quit <laughs> well I mean she's 16 you know oh that's like part of the territory yeah no brain all hormones so Raymond was the father of both Ramonda and this new baby that was due less than a month after Ramonda's first birthday. Right on it. Homie. Oof. Uh, but essentially. Wasted no time. Essentially, Donna was pretty much on her own. You know, she did mm-hmm. have some help from family and had arranged to stay at her mother's apartment in Carver, in Carver Homes following the baby's birth in late October, early November of 1978. Mm-hmm. And before she knew it, 
Donna was in labor and gave birth to a beautiful baby boy on November 1st of 1978 at Grady Memorial Hospital in Atlanta. And she named him Raymond Lamar Green. The second. So a short while following his birth, Raymond was actually taken to the nursery of the maternity ward at Grady Hospital to allow Donna some time to recoup Recoup. and rest and all that stuff. Preach. Right? I sent mine out like a bad habit. I did at nighttime. Yeah, they both went. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they both went. But we had them all during the daytime, but we don't know what time that he was born, essentially. Um, But after she had a chance to kind of catch her breath and settle down, Donna decided that she wanted to, like, get out and walk around. And she made it over to the nursery window. And she wanted to take a little peek, you know. Oh, no. At her baby. It's making me nervous. But once she reached the window, it didn't take her long to spot him. Amongst a handful of other babies, Raymond was wrapped in a blue blanket and in a cradle around uh-huh. other other babies. Um, she was so entranced with him that she barely noticed when a young woman walked up beside her and asked, which one is yours? Donna looked up to see a young African-American woman who appeared to be about 20 years old. Donna pointed over to Raymond through the glass Donna asked which one was hers. The woman pointed to a baby girl with the last name Morris written on her cradle. She said that her name was Lisa, and it was her sister who had just given birth to the baby that she was she was pointing over at. The two chatted for a short while, but remember, Donna just had a baby. So it didn't take her long to be like, look, I got to go back to my room. You know, she's getting tuckered out. And Lisa said, absolutely, and asked if it would be okay if she tagged along back to Donna's room for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, their sources are kind of conflicting as to why. Um, some say that Lisa was bored in her sister's room, and some say that her sister and her sister's boyfriend were, like, arguing. Regardless, Lisa didn't want to be in there, so she asked could she go to, um, to back to Donna's room for a little while. Lisa's a little sketch. Well, first of all, like, wanting to hang out, with someone a stranger after they had a baby at all just mm. but I, <laughs> when i read that i was like uh, maybe it's just me because i'm i don't make friends super easy you know not, i'm an extrovert and i would still be like homie no i feel like i am an extroverted introvert like i can be i can be what i need to be but it's like draining at the same time yeah um when I get tired or overwhelmed or anything like that, I am not trying to small talk with a stranger. I'm not trying to small talk with a stranger under many circumstances. <laughs> I wear my headphones in the grocery store to deter any kind of interaction. I do I just, that as well. I just like my people. You know what I mean? Yeah. And sometimes I make new people, but it's just... And Lisa, my friend, you are not her lot. people. It was just, I don't know. I thought it was odd, but... Donna felt really lonely at this point. She had just had a baby, like, completely on her own, and the company sounded pretty nice, you know? Yeah. They were pretty close in age, so they had a lot to talk about. And the pair walked back to Donna's room where they talked for a while until Lisa said that she better head back to her sister's room, and she left. Now, the remainder of Donna's stay was pretty uneventful. She just spent the time getting to know her new baby and until she was released on November the 3rd. Now, Donna didn't have a car at the time, so she arranged for a family member to come and pick her up and take her back to her mother's apartment in Carver Homes. Mm -hmm. And so whenever she was getting ready to leave, she actually spots Lisa. And, you know, she comes over and they exchange some pleasantries. You know, thanks for talking to me. Thanks for hanging out with me. 
I wasn't lonely because you were here, blah, 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 whatever. And just when they were about to leave, Lisa asks, is there any way that Donna's ride could give her a ride home also? And I mean, it's 1978. Things are different. Not mm-hmm. everybody has cars. You know what I'm saying? It's just yeah. not, especially in low income areas. And so she says she doesn't live very far at all, but her sister isn't set to be discharged for like a few hours. So Donna asks her family member if they can take her wherever she needs to go. And they agree. So they get in the car, Raymond in tow, and they discuss like, like what's the plan? Mm-hmm. Donna actually lives closest. And so it makes more sense to just drop her off first with the baby and then take Lisa wherever she lives. So that's what they do. They drop Donna off in Cedar Homes at her mom's apartment and the family member takes Lisa back home and they go on business as usual, right? So over the next two days at Donna's mom's apartment, it's like a revolving door. Mm -hmm. I mean, people are in and out, in and out trying to see the new baby. And not only is there Donna's new baby, but one of her sisters also had just had a baby and popping them out is in the house as well with her brother Oof. her brother tony is in the house also so there i mean there's like people all over this place you know what i'm saying lots of babies right so people were coming she said at all hours of the day just in and out in and out there was always somebody stopping by and on november the 5th she gets a knock at the door and goes and opens it and it's lisa and she said hey you know i just I didn't get your phone number. I just wanted to check and see how you and the baby were, you know, blah, 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 blah. And so Donna invites her in and they sit in the living room and they're talking. And I mean, obviously the baby's five days old and Donna's freaking exhausted. And I mean, I remember very vividly what I looked like when my children were five days old and death. Yes. And I had help. (laughs) Same. I I didn't mean that as in you look like death. I just... I remember what I looked like as well, yes. and it was no. not pretty. No, I looked like death, and I felt like death, and I hadn't slept. And even though, like, in those first few days of life, they're sleeping pretty much always, it's the, like, you're constantly, like, looking over and making sure they're still breathing, mm-hmm. you know, and you can't rest. Putting the mirror t- the mirror dude, check. Dude, I was, I was right up underneath their noses with my hands trying to feel some, you know? I was so scared. That was my biggest fear. Yeah. Yeah. It was my biggest fear till like Lennon was three. <laughs> yeah. Sids? Yeah. Oh God. oh God, I was I was horrified. It didn't matter that the the chances were drastically reduced Slim after the first mm-hmm. birthday. It didn't matter. I was horrified that that he was gonna die. I mean, Spencer too, I'm just saying that the last one, man, I was like crippling. Yeah. Anyway, so Donna's exhausted and she can tell how exhausted she is. And so she asks her brother while he says there, Hey, Tony, do you mind watching the baby for me while I run upstairs and take a shower? And he had the other baby, his sister's baby. Also, his name was Michael. And he was like, yeah, sure. I don't mind. He was asleep. So he was like, yeah, sure. Go ahead. And so she goes upstairs, takes a shower and she comes back down and it's like really quiet. She's like, what the hell's going on here? So she comes down the stairs and Tony is asleep with Michael on his chest. And Raymond's gone. And Lisa's oh, gone. Oh no. Told you. Suspicious Lisa. 
And so she's like freaking out. She's like goes to shake him, goes to shake Tony and wake him up and says, uh, where's the baby? Where's the baby? And he said, oh, well, he started fussing. So your friend like picked him up and said that she was going to like bounce him around the front yard. And so she's like, oh, okay. So she goes outside and she's gone. Nowhere to be found. Nowhere to be found. He was five days old. And so, you know, she, Ooh, that gives me heebie-jeebies. she calls the police, the whole thing. And the police, shockingly, I was blown away by this. They did not take her seriously at all. They, at one point, even treated her like she gave the baby away because she was so young and she had already had a baby. So they treated her as if she was like an addict that had given their baby away. And it, it was just awful, just absolutely horrible. And it was only until a couple, like couple months had passed where what, what, yeah, couple of months, I would have burnt every freaking police station down. <laughs> I mean, it was just a nightmare. And so they finally put out the uh, um, a memo, you know, about her, about Lisa. They say that that this was the name she was given, but it's probably Obviously not her name. Fake. But her, she said that her name was Lisa Morris. And she, you know, they did a composite sketch of what they think or what you know, they described that she looked like. And that's like the beginning and end of the police involvement until two years later. So two years later, a baby was stolen from the same hospital, like right after she was born, just a couple of hours after she was born. And whenever they found the baby, they found her with Louise Lett from Decatur, which is like right there around mm-hmm. Atlanta. And she had a three-year-old African-American boy with her. Louise. I mean, I'm not, I'm not into jumping, but <laughs> I can jump to those conclusions. Okay. <laughs> so they take, can at least check. They take fingerprints and blood samples from both children and are able to reunite the the baby girl with her parents and whenever they did the like did the fingerprints and blood work for the child they were able to determine that it was not raymond they ruled him out by footprints was it hers though no no it wasn't she wasteless yeah taken both of them yeah she had taken somebody else's child now it's unclear if that if that child was ever reunited with his family um but something to note is that whenever I mean, Donna saw this woman and, like, hung out with her for, like, hours. A while. You know what I mean? And so she saw a picture of Louise Lett, and she said, you know, that looks that looks a lot like her. But she couldn't definitively say, like, that's 100% her. And she didn't, Donna didn't feel like that child was her child. Like, she was looking at him and said that yeah. she just didn't feel like that was her child. And that's, like, really the last big break that this case got and that was in 1981 and they never looked again they never well i mean i'm sure that that he's on the center for um national or the national center for missing and exploited children there's mm-hmm. a composite sketch of him but what's so difficult about this whole case is that he was first of all five days old yeah at that point you don't even i mean yeah. they all look like little aliens so well it doesn't matter because there's no pictures of him they never had any pictures made of him. Yeah. And the only... But they did the palm prints and the... Yeah, they had the, his palm prints, his, his footprints. 
Um, I, I guess, I don't know. They did palm prints. They did his handprints or foot. I know they did their both. I know they do their footprints. Granted, in 19, whatever uh, year this was, I don't know. 1978. I don't really know the protocols. Mm -hmm. But I think then they still stamped their feet on their birth certificate. Anna had hers. She was 87 and she had both of hers done. Yeah, I don't know. So I would imagine. I don't know. I think, yeah, my my dad was born right around that time and his footprints are stamped on his birth certificate. Mm Mm-hmm. Gotta try to keep people safe, I guess. <laughs> Give so, me that foot. <laughs> so Donna actually went on to marry Raymond, and they had a whole litter of children. Um, a slew. They had Raymond, or so they had Ramonda, Raymond, and Kristen, Keegan, and Kendall, Kayla, and Kim. They have a whole bunch of kids, and they are the like you can search them on Facebook, which I don't, please don't, don't like leave them alone. They're just trying to live their lives, but they love each other so much. You can just tell. Oh, it's so nice. It's so nice. Um, Raymond actually passed away back in, it's either 1999 or 2000. Um, So he passed away not knowing whatever happened to his son Hmm. and which is, which is awful and sad. Um, But they, Donna has founded, an organization in Raymond's honor slash memory. And she has not given up on the fact that she thinks that he's out there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time of this recording, he would be 44, 43, something like that. We, born know, in, we know I don't do the math. So. Born in 1978. Is that right? 44. Well, he will be 44. Jared's coming in clutch on the math. Producer Jared coming in clutch on the math. <laughs> Yeah, he will be 44 in November. And they, the police that she's spoken with to this point, believe that he is alive somewhere. I oh, mean, for sure. Who the hell's going to steal a baby to kill it? You know she, what I'm saying? She definitely kept him. Yeah, she has raised this child as her mm-hmm. own. And it's only a matter of the two of them getting together, Donna and Raymond. Now, this wasn't the kidnapping that um, set in motion, like like the bands and stuff that babies have to wear now. Cause I know that was set in motion by a, ca- a kid because of a child being kidnapped right. from the hospital. I don't know. I'll have to look at, look into that. I don't know because he wasn't stolen from the hospital. This may be, it may be yes, the, okay. Okay, okay. the following in 1981. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's tons of cases that have right. People are following. And that was also scary. That was mm-hmm. also a fear of mine. Um, but oh, they, you weren't getting them out of Southeast health is all I got to say. Those suckers are locked. Oh, no, I had... Um, I couldn't even get out because I had one on. Yeah, I was at Flowers. I was at Flowers. I mean, they were the same way. You get close to an elevator and it starts, like, mm-hmm. going nuts. And if I if they didn't see me or Trevor because we had the bands, mm-hmm. you couldn't have the baby. And I was like, good for you guys. Dude, I was still checking. A nurse came in and mm-hmm. they were like, hey, we're going to take take the baby to go and get whatever. And I was Show like... Show your badge. Where are your credentials? Yeah. Where's your license? Where's, where's, your, little, where's your little thing? <laughs> where's your little Let's thing? Photo ID, please. <laughs> Dude, y'all got me fucked up. Y'all think I'm... No. No, 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 no. I'm not letting you have my children. Mm-mm. So, like I said, Donna is a firm believer that Raymond is alive and well somewhere. Mm-hmm. And she has all of these, like... Hopes and dreams. Of, aspirations yeah. of the man that he turned into. And she prays that he, you know, became... Christian she's very religious and mm-hmm. she prays that he found God and that he Had a good life. has a great life um, she has submitted all of her DNA and her children's DNA 
to all the, you know, all the ancestry.com and all that kind of stuff to try to find him. I was about to say, maybe, maybe like, he'll do it then. Like should and... he ever. So I guess with, like, in closing, mm-hmm. if there's some, if you're a 43 to 44 year old African American man that was born in the Metro City Atlanta area, you think? Yeah. I mean, who knows? Just go spit in a tube and send it yeah. off so we can know. Yeah. If you were born anywhere, in your mind, from <laughs> August of 1978 to, I'd say, probably May of 1979, mm-hmm. in the southeast area, maybe your mom's a little er, weird, a little liar. something, something a little off about her, a little manipulative, a <laughs> little toxic, I don't know, maybe go, maybe go get checked, you know? Yeah. Wouldn't hurt anything. Get your cheek swab, dude. Like I said, it's... It could open up the door to a whole lot of answers that people are trying to find. So if you have any information about Raymond Green, you're instructed to contact the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. And we'll have that missing and exploited children. <laughs> that was a lot right then. I can say true crime click, but I can't say National Center for Missing and Exploited Children and enunciate every syllable. Jesus Christ. We've been working on the TCC, though. Oof. Um, and also the um, investigation unit of the Atlanta Police Department. And we'll have both of those numbers listed below. Cool things. As always, if you haven't um, liked us on Facebook and Instagram, you are welcome to do so. We'll have that in the show notes below. And let us know what you think. What do you think happened to Raymond? We have a group, a Facebook group, dedicated to just that, to just discussing theories and yeah. tips and all that kind of stuff anything and you guys want to discuss really absolutely it's within a, reason it's a it's a safe place yeah safe place um and we'll have that linked as well all righty but we will see you guys next week bye, bye. bye.